Have you spotted any similarities in the global crises engulfing us, whether it's climate emergency or the COVID emergency? Doomsday predictions, wildly inaccurate modelling, mainstream media, or should we say mainstream activist consensus, big, big money trees and other big things, big government, big tech, big global organisations. It's so big, it's huge. AstraZeneca is getting some bad press lately. And now Australia has decided to limit the vaccine to the over 50s. Two things come to mind. Firstly, we are part of the trial for the vaccines, which finish in 2023. And as the guinea pigs, we may experience some adverse side effects, such as tenderness, pain, warmth, redness, itching or swelling at the injection site, feeling unwell, tiredness, chills, fever, headache, nausea, muscle aches or pain, joint pain, blood clots and death. And secondly, why is it reacting with the under 50s and not the over 50s? John O'Sullivan is CEO of Principia Scientific and his mission is to identify weird phenomena and junk science. Principia Scientific is an organisation dedicated to truth and transparency and promoting best scientific practice in the community and the education of specialists and non-specialists. John, great to see you once again and thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, Mike. I see the Chinese now have combined their space program with COVID and now they're probing Uranus. Uh, well, I think a lot of things are going on with China. You take it with a pinch of salt because the Communist Party in China, they don't really tell a lot of truth, do they? I mean, to be fair, I, I've been hearing stories that the American moon mission was uh, all filmed in Hollywood. And the Russians and the Chinese never came clean on that, did they? Because if it had happened, if it didn't happen, rather, then the Chinese and the communists in Russia would have said, hmm, those Americans, they're doing it in Hollywood, but... I'm wondering if they're all working from the same playbook here. They've got something planned what, what, on them, maybe a base. But getting back to more earthly matters, I mean, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the probes or the, uh, the way they're testing for uh, COVID for the, uh, the Western visitors to, to China. Uh, what's, the, what's the story there, though? I mean, it's, um, it seems to be a, uh, maybe a, a, a rear attack of some sort. Yeah, so many variants of the same virus, which doesn't even exist. I think the issue is to keep testing people. You know, it's like um, the old Trojan horse uh, thing. With it, It's a swab. There's something on the swab. Mm. We don't know what's on the swab. Are they contaminated? We know the masks are contaminated because apparently they've got things like asbestos or something in them. But all this doesn't matter in an emergency, Mike. You know, we, that's trivia. Let's move on to the big issue, which is the fake virus. I mean... And it, we're doing, we're going around in circles with the Chinese. You know, every every year they get virus first, we get it later. It's seasonal. You know, next year it'll be COVID 22, 21, I don't know. Two jabs a year, apparently, in the UK we're going to have. Every variant coming, South African variant. Yeah, we've had it all. You know, there's so much variety going on. We're, we're spoiled for choice, aren't we, really? Peter McCullough said way back, he said the, um, the problem is you'll, they'll have boosters and then a booster for the booster and... Uh, the new strain will come out. There'll be boosters for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a never-ending playbook, isn't it? 
Yeah, what you've got. The, the, the key ingredient for any vaccine is the adjuvant. The adjuvant is what stimulates the immune system to react. And uh, these effectively are, are like, um, you've heard of the MMR vaccine, the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. They put three shots in one. And that was meant to be a genius idea to put that into young children. But it's the adjuvants in each one. You've got aluminium. We say aluminium in the UK. Americans don't say aluminium. But what you've got is a concoction of chemicals that are fairly toxic to the human body. And they really stimulate mm. the immune system by telling it it's under attack. So why not overdose them? Why not do it twice a year? Maybe like in the UK, we're talking about PCR tests every week, two a week. Get that swab up your nose, Mike. You know, get that blood-brain barrier poked. That's the direct route to the brain, you see. And anything could be on there. We talked about that on PSI. We talked about the issue of the uh, nanotechnology. We can't even see these things. I mean, like a virus. Nobody's ever seen a virus. We've seen pictures mm. of viruses. But, you know, mm. it's, again, going back to the Trojan horse thing. There's so mm. much going on. There's smoke and mirrors. You know, I'm... Still un unsure about this virus thing, right? And I know my colleagues are saying that, um, how can it mutate if it doesn't exist? The playbook for this pandemic has similarities to the climate crisis or inverted commas, emergency. What are the most glaring similarities? Well, I think that the Hegelian dialectic is what comes to mind here, Mike. The, uh, you may have heard of this, the problem reaction solution paradigm. It's been used through history, you know, create a problem, a false flag scenario. The first, perhaps the most famous one that we can talk about in recent history would be in Nazi Germany. You may recall from your history that uh, Adolf Hitler came to power in 33 with a very minority, minority government. But he solved that problem very quickly by burning down the Reichstag. And that was a false flag. And uh, of course, he blamed everybody else but himself because good old Goebbels um, blamed the Jews and the communists. And within a week, they'd uh, changed the law to protect the people. And it's the same scenario now. You have a crisis, government has a solution, and we implement it. So this false flag thing, I think, yeah, it smells a bit iffy here with the, with the virus. You know, it, governments come out with plans very quickly, didn't they? Remember, like, about, back a year? I'm not sure so much in Australia, but in the UK, we had documents coming out from the government within a few days. Thousands of pages of documents were already prepared. So governments always have the plan, you know, in the back drawer there, Mike. You know, they, they know what they're doing. They're never caught out, are they? What about with, uh, with the climate emergency? Uh, emergency, by the way, I think is the favourite word of the week, of the month, of the year. Emergency. Of their entire lifetime. Yeah, emergency for yeah. the left. They love it. Absolutely. And look at the climate emergency. I mean, we're all go going to uh, burn to death. Of course we are, Mike. Yeah. And we've got the right people on the case. We've got Bill Gates again on the case. He's going to sprinkle Wonderful. chalk dust in the, into the atmosphere to solve it. <laughs> if he's not solving our problems with the virus, he's up there now at space with his chalk dust, trying to tame the sun because the sun... Mm. I mean, you know, what's going on here, right? Because the sun's not meant to be the cause of all these problems, is it? Because apparently there's no variation in the sun. It's us humans that uh, change the climate. They can't, get their, mm. can't keep their story straight, can they, these people? I think you're being a bit cynical too, John, because... You know, to throw chalk around the you know, the earth uh, a few miles up. I mean, that's been done before, hasn't it? Hasn't no, it hasn't been done before. Um, well, it's terrible. They they've used aluminium. I mean, let's, let's talk about aluminium. Aluminium, um, as you probably mm -hmm. heard, there's been weather modification for at least fifty or sixty years. 
Um, if you think back to the Beijing Olympics, uh, Beijing is a notoriously wet city, but if, like me, you were watching those two weeks of, of Beijing Olympics, they never had a drop of rain, did they? Amazing how that well, worked out. Well, the Chinese government is actually um, doing its, uh, its best to control the weather in China, which, you know, it basically controls its neighbouring countries and uh, further onward than that. And, you know, they've been doing this for a long time and they say that they want to uh, control the weather completely in the next couple of years for, for China. Yeah, the, the dilemma we have is um, this secrecy. As you know, Mike, everything's done behind mm. closed doors. Um, mm. What they... Uh, I mean, the clever thing in America was uh, having the thing called the Patriot Act. Remember 9-11? And uh, mm. again, they had all the paperwork ready. As soon as 9-11 happened, within days, they had the Patriot Act. They learned from the Adolf Hitler playbook from the Reichstag. They thought, well, let's, let's get this thing sorted out. Let's have a plan. Let's have mm. a crisis. Let's have a reaction. Let's have a solution. You know, and they've got everything there in, in the back drawer, in the back office, ready to, to put into play. Numerous governments uh, have, are complicit in both the climate deception and the COVID deception. Do you find it worse that it occurred during a public health crisis? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing coincidence, again, that um, the government are there, they come in, and the media are on board, and they talk about uh, putting together, and the global solution is the new world order, the UN are involved. These, again, these people are not elected officials, they're just appointed, self-appointed. Usually the, the names are familiar. Klaus Schwab. Remember, have you heard of Klaus Schwab, the guy with the great mm, reset? Lovely guy. Lovely, lovely guy. fellow. Lovely guy. Yeah, he grew up a um, yeah, product of Adolf Hitler's Germany, obviously, born in the late 1930s and grew up with great privilege. And he formed the World Economic Forum. He's been the chairman, the only chairman of the World Economic Forum. And he's leading the charge for the great reset. What a lovely guy. Mm. And uh, he's working hand-in-hand hand with Bill Gates. Again, another lovely guy. And they nice are all for, all in for the greater good, aren't they? They're all in for the greater good. And what they want for us is to accept the fact that they know better than we do and that government should be centralised because we're not smart enough to run our own lives. Now, tell me this, John, because you're, you're, uh, you're in, into the, the science of and how it's been debunked many times by in, uh, with climate and COVID. Can you tell us how science so effectively was hijacked in both debates with uh, COVID and uh, the climate emergency? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the playbook is always the same, Mike. Um, what they do is they, first of all, they have to seize a narrative. They have a narrative, again, going back to the Hegelian dialectic, and they have to de-platform anybody who criticises their narrative. So you're on board or you're, you're the enemy. And uh, what you've seen in every scenario with climate change and, and the pandemic, experts, eminent experts in their field before the crisis suddenly become pariahs. They suddenly, um, you know, what, would, what we tend to call them um, outcasts, you know, the mavericks, or, or the favorite term now is conspiracy theorists. You know, as we said before, conspiracy theorists, the most mm. successful ones are criminal prosecutors, they prosecute these every day in the court. So conspiracy theories are real. Um, but what we've got to face up to is the fact that uh, the idea is to shut down debate. There is no debate. There's no debate about climate. You know, you're not allowed on the media if you disagree about global warming. 
you can't criticize vaccines. You know, if you're somebody who says vaccines may be, you know, problematic, then you're, you're a vaccine denier. You, again, you're a climate denier, you're a vaccine denier. You know, there's no debate, end of debate. And what we really need is uh, more openness. What we see in the climate debate is that nobody discusses the data because data is kept secret. The same here with the pandemic. You know, probably in your country, I know the same in the US and the UK, they've, they've merged the death rate from flu and pneumonia and it's all become part of COVID. You know, and they say they have no uh, obligation to, under freedom of information to release this data because they don't collect it anymore. So where do you stand? The quandary is if you're a, a skeptical person like me and you want to have at least uh, an alternative view to find out what's going on to make your own mind up, you're kind of in a quandary because where do you go for the data? You know, everything's spewed through the media and the media is com comply, conform and do as you're told. So, but how do we increase then public knowledge about scientific matters to protect against these gigantic scams and they are probably a little worse than a scam because you know scam uh, comes and goes and generally you're okay but the scams around at the moment with uh, uh, the climate emergency and with covid and all aspects of covid not just one or two the whole thing is quite susceptible how do we protect or how do we get the knowledge and then how do we protect the public from being scammed. Yeah, the issue, you've got to look at the, the core of what science should be about. Uh, science mm. should be about skepticism. and you, The basic principles of science are you test. You test and refute your theory. Um, you know, we, this goes all the way back to um, Sir Isaac Newton. You know, you, you should be able to do something objectively and empirically. You should be able to demonstrate, prove your theory, test your theory. And we've had this with climate change. We were told that uh, we wanted to test the theory of carbon dioxide warming. Because what shocked many of my colleagues who are applied scientists is they said in, in, in industry, in applied science, there's no means possible that carbon dioxide can trap heat or delay cooling. Quite the opposite. It's a refrigerant gas. You know, it, uh, mm. it takes uh, energy and, and releases it immediately. And yet, science has turned on its head. You can't, uh, you can't question this narrative. You know? So again, if you debate this and you put it to somebody who's an alarmist about the climate and say, well, how do you prove that carbon dioxide does what you say it does? And they say, well, we've got computer models. And they yeah. say the same thing with the pandemic, Mike. You know, Professor Neil Ferguson in Imperial College London, he was the guy with his computer model a year ago was predicting half a million people dead on this pandemic. Mm. And they had to keep revising the numbers down. Lovely guy, lovely guy. Lovely too. guy. And the guy mm. failed. For, the guy is not new to the scene. He's been doing this for 15 years or more. He, mm. They wheeled him out for the uh, H1N1 uh, pandemic. They wheeled him out for mad cow disease, all these things. And every time he grossly exaggerated, it was true alarmism. This is alarmism. You know, on a different scale, you know, and this guy is receiving so many awards. You know, the, these people, they're all in the same cult. You know, it's a, it's a religion, right? It's not science. You mm. know, and if it, the only thing they can call science is the computer they work on. But what they put through the computer is giga, garbage in, garbage out. And people fall for it every time. Because they're experts, Mike. They're experts. The old saying, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, is 
most likely true. On one hand, looking at COVID, for example, uh, and climate, we have this great, this great dam full of information from one area. And then if you want to look for something else contradicting what's in that dam, there's a test tube full, and that's about it. And it's getting incredibly, incredibly harder, isn't it, to, to actually find the alternate uh, view on what is a propaganda, gigantic propaganda exercise. Yeah, and I, I think that you've got to blame the two things you blame. First of all, you blame the education system because it no longer teaches mm. critical reasoning. People are no longer taught how to think, you know, how to analyze. And the media, again, there's no longer objectivity in the media. There is either one narrative or you're out. You conform or you're done. And the, mm. and the issue here is the need of the money. You notice, as you said, about the fact that it, it, does, it does seem to fit the narrative of the, of the politics of the left, where they say that it's the greater good, the greater good comes first. This mm. is exactly the, the premise that Adolf Hitler used in Germany. You know, the greater good must come first. The individual doesn't count. And so we as individuals, we're left in a bit of a quandary because what do we do? As you say, we've got to find a way of, of fighting back. And the only way we can do that is to form new organizations, alternative authority figures, institutions that can stand up to this. And we have one major advantage with that is we have the Internet. We still have the Internet. I know censorship is rampant. We know that social media is totally corrupt. You know yourself that... Uh, there are basically two major news agencies. There's Associated Press and there's Reuters. Both are owned by the Rothschilds. You know, and there's a famous saying that American media is pretty much owned by six corporations. So it's trying to get access to information and share it. But we are, mm. it's, you know, a battle, of, a battle of wits going on here. They underestimate most people. And, and as you know, most people are, are sheep. They do what they're told to do and they believe the mainstream mm. media. But... About 13%, I've heard, of the population do have critical reasoning skills. They are able to pick through the data if you give them the opportunity. And obviously, we can share. We can share information across national borders. We can talk to our friends in different countries. And we can collaborate. And we have amazing scientists who are, especially retired scientists, who no longer have, uh, you know, their, their kind of income and their livelihood and career dependent on the scam. They tend to be the ones, the older generation, who've seen it all before, and they're trying to give advice to the younger generation. Say, well, you know, you're coming into the system now. You've not seen this stuff play out. I mean, go, you know, you're my, you're my age, mate. You know, you full well that uh, we have, we saw all this with the Iraq War, two Iraq Wars. We've seen yeah. it with 9/11. You know how these crises have turned into amazing opportunities for governments to seize more power. You know, we still have the war on terror. You know, people don't even know this. The war on terror never went away. You know, we still, mm. in America, you, you still don't have the rights that you lost on 9-11. So the creeping powers of government, they just are never-ending. It's like a remorseless tide of, of fascism, more or less, you know, and an intellectual lack of curiosity as well. People don't have the curiosity they used to have, I feel. Dave Rubin uh, once told me... Um having a conversation on, on a uh, podcast way back when, and he said government is great at coming up with a solution 
for a problem that they've created in the first place. Exactly. Now, the problem being, it's true, but the problem being here is just, it's a lie, it's a scam, isn't it? Absolutely, because they justify themselves. Um, and they're very mm. clever because they co-opt everybody who works in public service. You know, in the UK, I think it's something like half, half of all the jobs are government connected in some way or other. So when you've got that uh, number of people who are vested in supporting government, who have been protected by government, their salaries have been maintained through the crisis. The people who really suffer are those in the, in the um, commercial fields, those who have to make their way by good old-fashioned capitalism. If you believe in capitalism, then God help you, because you'd be better off working for government, especially with the universal basic income that's meant to be coming down the pipe next. It's all part of Klaus Schwab's plan, you see, that the Great Reset will give us all what a wonderful, wonderful gift to have that, Mike. Universal basic income. Imagine that, $1,000 a month, maybe more, oh, every month. Do? That should keep you happy, shouldn't it? My, my whiskey is uh, far too... I mean, I, I get the cheapest whiskey you know, just to pass away the woes of the world in the evening, but I won't be able to afford my whiskey. If it's 1000 bucks a month, I'll, become, I'll be healthier, uh, probably more insane. Hey, just quickly, um, um, another notable um, advancement in technology and public um, public welfare of course is um, the COVID passport oh. and it's that is looking like I, I think along with uh, Bill Gates and Mr. Swab um, who else we throw and all the other all their buddies I mean George Soros don't passport. think George good old gorgeous George Oh, he's lovely, but but the, the but the, the the passport would be one of the the great achievements in their lifetime because they would know everything about us and we would be controlled beyond all belief, and whatever rights and freedom that we had would just vanish overnight. Exactly, Mike. You know, they, they it's never ending. It's a power grab. It's never ending power grab. It, the, the movement is either one way or the other. We either move towards free personal freedoms and liberty. Or we move towards tyranny, where we have no rights. And I think the polarization is becoming more obvious. You know, I think people are waking up. And they see the path we're on in every country. I mean, the, as you know, you watch the news and virtually every world leader is reading off a script. They say pretty much the same thing. Mm. So yeah. it doesn't matter where you live, you know, be it London, Washington, Melbourne, whatever, you, you, you're facing the same dilemma, aren't you, really? You're going to have to face this mm. COVID passport thing. Can you fly to another country without the jab? And the irony is, Mike, you're in the airport terminal wearing your mask, and you get on the plane, you take the mask off, because you're okay there. Science is out the window. It, it, you, know, you realise that the social distancing thing is all nonsense. Well, I was at a shopping centre yesterday, uh, filling in some time, and there was truly half the uh, people in the centre, it's a big, big shopping centre, half the people weren't wearing masks. The people serving in the shops were wearing masks. And if you went bought a coffee, and if this COVID virus was such a deadly disease and that the mask was going to save us all from eternal hell, the, we, I mean, when you take your mask off to eat, the virus doesn't say, well, I'll be polite and I'll not go out and bite you on the bum. So if it was as serious as and as contagious as they're saying it was, you would not be able to take off your mask. You would mandate it to change it half a dozen times a day because as soon as you touch it, you're spreading the virus. 
So it seems to be an emotional controlling uh, method of uh, making us, it's like in the army. The reason why they have them all marching together and, and yelling out orders is to control this large group of, of, of men or people, I mean, women and men. And that's the way they do it. And by doing the thing with a mask, you're also controlling a large number of people in, 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 in their organised fashion. Yeah, conformity. Yeah, we've talked about conformity. Mm. And obviously, the role model was always China, you know, communist China. If you, mm. if you look at uh, Klaus Schwab, if you look at Bill Gates, you look at these world leaders, they, they do talk up China very much. Joe Biden, for example, wonderful guy. Another great guy. Yes, yes. They all think China is the be-all and end-all, don't they? And what they really mm. want is the, the way that China's been handling Hong Kong, you know, uh, where they just won't tolerate any dissent at all, and uh, they will come down on you like a ton of bricks if you don't uh, conform to the diktats of the central government. So what- well, the Chinese are very, uh, they're very understanding people. I mean, look at Taiwan. They're uh, yeah. doing a wonderful, you know, there is no optics at all. Well, that, that's kind of frame the, the, the whole situation a little bit clearer. I mean, we can all agree that the Chinese people are the victims as much as we are. Mm. They're, they're guinea Terrible. pigs. And they, they've suffered with their one-child policy. As you go back to mm. Nazi term, they said that... Joe uh, Mao, sorry. Joe Mao said that you've got to have one child per family, and they've realised the consequence of that. They've got an incredibly ageing population. So they, they're stuck. They, they don't have the youth coming through to, to do the jobs. They don't have the, no. you know, the young people to take over. So they, again, this central planning thing, this, this, these geniuses, the, the billionaire class, the inbreeders, mm. Mm. who uh, with, with their great plans, uh, which are psychopathic, to, to reduce the population, and uh, they, they can't even put their own house in order, and yet they're dictating to the rest of us how we should live our lives. No, I think you're being unkind, by the way. I think the, uh, sure, it's one child per family, but again, in China, it's one leader Per lifetime. This is why Klaus Schwab is the only chairman of the World Economic Forum. You know that's been going for, mm. for decades. Because you know, again, one leader, one organisation for life. Mm. That's all you need. That's, that's efficiency for you. And to be a great person, a lovely guy. Yeah, you know we, we saw you see that in uh, in North Korea, don't you, with, with Kim? Great person. Yeah, you know the, the whole issue of the monarchy as well. You know, pass it down hand. You know, it's, it's a God given right these people have to, to carry on their their tradition. Uh, and again, we're mm. just puppets. You know, we, all of us, we're expendable. We're the useless eaters. They, the term is useless we're, eaters. We're deplorables. We're deplorables, Mike. Exactly. That's a very, name. very fair appetite. Thank you, Hillary. Hillary, another great person. Lovely, lovely lady, Hillary. Again, another genius. You know, yes, the charisma of that woman is amazing. I, oh, I'm just true, shocked I mean, that she was never elected. And as you well, said, that, that is an. That's an amazing occurrence. I, I, I thought that she would have been president of the entire universe in a matter of corruptions, but that never happened. Well, she was for a day on Time magazine, apparently. Um, when the election was called Time magazine, they went to press with a front cover with her Madam President, I think. You, you look back to 2016 and they had to withdraw her. Apparently, it's worth mm. a fortune now if you get an original copy. They could have probably put Donald Trump there with curly hair. No. Did Hillary have curly hair then? No, she had just, um, it was fake hair. Or was that fake news? Well, a bit of both. Fake news, maybe even the body, body double. You know, we know for a fact that she has problems getting into the backs of uh, uh, security vehicles when she becomes rigid. I mean, people forget all this stuff, don't they? Um, if somebody wants to find out more about what you do, John, 
Um, how would they do that? What's the website, contact details, yada, 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 yada? Yeah, yeah. The, the best way to contact us is um, to find our information is principia-scientific.org. Um, Principia Scientific International, that's our organization. You can Google it. Preferably, don't, don't use Google, use an alternative, Tor, DuckDuckGo. There are many other search engines you can use, you know, and you'll find us there. John O'Sullivan, um, the man in, I thought it was black, but it's dark navy blue, dark navy blue. very debonair, very thank debonair. You. Thank you, Mike. Quite late at night, but um, the man about town, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. And that's it for Asia Pacific Today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan.